G'day everybody and welcome to another bloody movie podcast. I am Sean Coates, thanks so much for listening and I'm back at home, back in Shep and back joining me today is Eric Dishar once again. Thanks for coming on Eric. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure Sean, I was, I was on another episode where we were talking about the best and the worst movies of the last year. Yeah, it was quite enjoyable. Yeah, it was quite good and um, so well, that's, that comes into play again today. So we're going to be... Um, this is basically going to be part two of my catch-up of like all the movies that I've seen, and also Eric's going to talk about some of the movies he's seen. But um, isn't many, unfortunately. Yeah, well, you're in year Busy. twelve, so that's that's to be expected. You're actually doing year twelve properly, unlike me, who did the exact opposite and just watched all these movies. Well, at least you—I mean—you got into a course you like. Yeah, I sort of really st- still baffled by how I did that. But anyway, um, so we'll start off this episode because um, I. I haven't done an episode, apart from the one I did yesterday, I haven't done an episode in seven weeks, and missed out on the Oscars. So, we're going to talk about what happened and what we thought of the Oscars. So, yeah, we're going to do a really late recap. Yep, it's alright. Well, you've probably all forgotten at this point anyway, so let's just... So, what did you think of the Oscars? Well, did you watch it, or were you... You might have been at school, um, I think, when that happened. Yeah, I didn't actually watch the Oscars, although I do know about the slip-ups, and I know about the results, of course... Oh, the big, um, he's, got, he's going through the wiki right now for the listener yeah. at home, so... Yeah, I don't, don't remember the, the nominees very well oh, and, okay. and some of the winners. So we'll just go through some of the main ones. So, well, so you didn't see the Oscars. I'll just say I was really surprised with Jimmy Kimmel as the host. I was really, really surprised at how well he actually did. You think he did well? I yeah. think he did a really, really good job. Right. And also, like... um. So, his jokes were fine. Yeah, well, like, because on, if you ever watch Jimmy Kimmel, yeah, but if you ever watch Jimmy Kimmel's show, <coughs> like he he hate like there's a running gag that he hates Matt Damon. Oh, and hey. like that was throughout the entire show. It was really really awesome. I loved it. it looks like like there's one because Ben Affleck and um uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were presenting an award, and um it he was presented as Ben Affleck and guest. <laughs> and like as soon as um as soon as Matt Damon started talking, like they would do the play like the play them off music, like as soon as he started talking, and then it pans down to where the orchestra is underground, and you can see Jimmy Kimmel's conducting it. <laughs> so yeah, that stuff was pretty funny. But into the awards, Moonlight. Well, la- well, Moonlight. Just, yeah. First of all, let's talk about that. What a fucking stuff up that was. Yeah, I mean that was that was fucking ridiculous. I mean, didn't didn't they go through like speeches for uh, La La Land? Or La something? La Land were halfway through yeah, their speeches, and, the then speeches a, and then a stagehand like, ran on with an envelope yeah, and said, and "Yeah, like, this you is got not a joke." Yeah. Where is Moonlight? Here it is. Fuck, fucking um, fade away. I mean, the, <laughs> I mean, what a fuck. That's like that's just. That's it's a mon- it's a monumental fuck up. That's isn't a monumental it? fuck up, really. That's like more embarrassing than like, uh, you know, um, John Travolta mispronouncing. Oh yeah, his the name. Adele name, yeah. yeah. Or um, yeah, just it's like ridiculous, really. It was, but so for the awards, like I, a- I thought, like I wasn't surpri- I wasn't surprised that La La Land initially won until, mm. but then I'm kind of glad that Moonlight did win. I'm glad that Moonlight won, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, it's definitely... I, it wasn't my favourite film out of all the ones that were nominated, but, like, yeah, well, I did think it was the most deserving of Best Picture, I think though. so. I think it's good they give the Best Picture um, award to, like, a independent film that was really standout yep. in, in its year, which Moonlight was. Alright, yep. So, we'll get to acting, though, and, um, well, we'll start with supporting first as well. So, Viola Davis for Fences, that's very, very well-deserved. And, um, like, Mahershala Ali for Moonlight, what were your thoughts on that? Because... When you were talking about Moonlight, you said he was good, but like... Yeah, still, just... I, I don't think he's spectacular, but I think he's, you know, fine for the role. I just, 
I think if he had more screen time, then I could. Uh, I don't know. He was he was important in the film. His character was definitely important. Played that like father figure for um, the protagonist for the first third while he was there. But I don't know. I guess he just didn't have enough time. I think I'd like if he had more screen time. To be honest, yeah. That way you can you know see more of him. See uh, see his character made more fleshed out. Just see him just do more. But all the scenes that he was in were quite good. Like how he's um, out in the ocean. And um, he's giving that speech. Like, that was all good. That was, yeah, really, really that good. That was really good. All right, and um, for, for Best Actor and Best Actress, um, Emma Stone winning uh, for La La Land. Yet again, I can still see that, haven't but... seen La La Land, but yeah. what do you think? Oh, I well, know people didn't like well, Ryan Gosling. Uh, I thought Ryan Gosling was fine, but like Emma yeah. Stone was definitely the better of the two of them. It was like, her, yeah. their characters weren't really much. Like, I, I was, I was on, when I was on well, the radio show that didn't record... I'm um, student radio. We were getting into an argument o- about La La Land, and um, my co-host's argument was saying that his um, that the characters in La La Land were just that they were fairly weak characters, yeah, and it was two D and flat. Yeah, but it was kind of relying because they did well. Just just from what I've seen of the film, they seem I still haven't seen it, but they do seem very sort of like a cut and paste, uh, aspiring young. Uh, yeah, person pers- wants to make it into Hollywood type characters. Yeah, and like they don't really have as much character. It's just like they're kind of relying on. And why I thought the movie worked is even though their characters weren't as fleshed out or well, that well developed, even though like they, like they were very simple characters mm. with like very but like simple it, goals. It's, it's a film that's sort of like trying to uh, sort of pay homage to like an older era of film, yeah, like this it, chirpy. Old fifties. Yeah, uh, it, it's very much relying on like the charm and like the chemistry yeah. of Emma Stone and, and Ryan Gosling, and, and the... I think for me it definitely worked. That's why I didn't mm. have a lot of problem with it. But the guy I was arguing with, it obviously didn't have. Did not maybe have he's the not same. big on, on musicals. I mean, musicals are different to how a normal film operates. Yeah, they, they break out of. Oh, I wouldn't like to say like break out of character, but they break out of seriousness to put on a performance uh, yep. to the audience. Alright, and then, well, speaking of which, um, Damien Giselle for Best Director, what did you think about that? I thought... Don't think you should have won it. I mean, really? Director's Guild, I haven't seen it, but they say that um, there are some noticeable errors in, um, in La La Land, in his, uh, in his directing, but, you know, you have to consider that the film is very ambitious. It is, but... I think um, the reason why I thought he deserved to win is just the scale of this movie and like yeah, some of the, I'd, I'd especially say. the choreographing and like how to direct that, that is just would have been impossible to do. So I think he did a fantastic job. For the most part, he did quite, quite well. He's still an amateur director as well. I mean, yeah, no, only his sec- second feature film. His second feature film, yeah. And decent writer as well because he was one of the co-writers of um, 10 Cloverfield Lane this year as well. Which That's good. Was pre- which I forgot to mention, like yeah, that would probably would have been another honourable mention for me in my um, best of 2016 and that it massive looked, list that I had. It's a bit disappointing that they sort of had to like slap on the Cloverfield license and the name. Like yeah. it, se- it really seemed like it should have been a different movie. Yeah, I think there's another like kind of um, pseudo or like um, pseudo sequel to Cloverfield coming out sometime this year called oh. God Particle. I think, and that's somehow relate like in you in think the that's just going to be like another independent film that's like. Oh, no one's going to watch this movie because people are going to think that this is another generic-ass, I don't know, movie okay. of some sort, like science fiction, or in the case of um, 10 Cloverfield Lane, like a claustrophobic thriller. I think I think this one's set in space or something, and it's like it's like the like the meteor, like it's all about like the meteor oh, that the Cloverfield monster was yeah, on that comes to Earth. I don't know, like, maybe you can look that up in a, in a moment, but... I don't know, um, maybe we can dig up and try and find some of the, uh, or, like, the evidence that they have on, like websites yep. Have they... like, yep all right um so we'll talk about um well 
a movie that I didn't really like, uh, Manchester by the Sea. Um, <laughs> you really enjoyed it, and um, Kenneth Lonigan winning for Best Original Screenplay and Casey Affleck for Best Actor. Well deserved, you reckon? I, I think so. Yeah. What were, what were the nominations? What were the other nominations for those for, categories? For those ones, um, well, for, I did think that. Um, well, for best actor, the other ones were Andrew Garfield, Ryan Gosling, Denzel Washington, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, well, I've only seen. Still very surprised Viggo Mortensen. Captain, yeah, I'm surprised that he got on there. Actually, he was quite, he was quite good. Uh, Viggo Mortensen in um, Captain Fantastic. I'm glad to see that he got a nomination for that movie. Yeah, definitely. It didn't, it didn't seem like a small independent film like that wouldn't have got a lot of. Um, noticeability or anything like that yeah definitely like, probably would have went under the radar for something like the Academy Awards except I did think um, uh, Casey Affleck I did think he deserved the Oscar although I haven't seen Fences I would I would assume that um, Denzel Washington would have done well in that in, um, he would have played the role perfectly because I heard he did really well in the um, when he was playing it in theatres Fences although I haven't seen um, Andrew Garfield in um Axel Ridge. Oh yeah, oh, he, Sean he, likes uh, Yeah, I, um, Axel I, I Ridge thought he was fantastic in that, and he was even good in um, Silence as well. Like equally good in Silence, which we'll talk about later in this episode. But do you think? Do you think it was better in Silence or? Oh, it's very even. Like he could have been nominated for either, and I would have had wouldn't have had a problem with it. Yeah, because he's, he's been getting quite a few roles uh, last year. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's good to see that he's um he's getting more uh, better roles. But, I'd like to say, mm, but well, he's he's getting more um range he's not just playing like a superhero yeah or he's, bad he's spider-man like, yeah yeah so, something else i would um but we'll get back to um the screenplay of manchester by the sea do you think that deserved best original oh, I, screenplay? I, I think so see that that was i thought was the most infuriating point part of manchester by the mm. sea because i just felt that like a lot of the film first it was way too long it was way well, too sort slow of, it's really sort of boring how kenneth Lonergan like writes he, he likes to try to make a film that's like a I don't know, really human or like realistic in a sense. He doesn't, he doesn't try to over dramatize things. So his movies may seem a bit bland, or they might at face value they seem boring. But you sort of have to like uh, really look at uh, what's underneath the writing, what he's really trying to say. I guess, yeah. like um, I guess in the case of well, an, an, obvi- an obvious an uh, obvious point that he tries to make in uh, Manchester by Sea is that. Uh, grief uh, really never just leaves a person. Like you would always, you would always have grief, um, no matter what, and it would always catch up to you when you try to forget yeah. it. Which is uh, the case for um, Casey Affleck's yeah. character in that film. Yeah, where it's yeah. just like where he says he, he can't beat, he can't beat grief. That's a sad reality of things, it seems. Mm. And that's why, like in Casey Affleck's character, like it, it's so like everyone was saying how subtle his performance was, and it was. And mm. hey, Casey Affleck was good in the movie, but his performance was almost too subtle. It was just kind of like ambiguous. Like he was just kind of sitting on the screen, not really doing much. Yeah, well, I, and like I you can know, understand like, a man that's gone through that her, something that horrific thing that happened. I, I really like that it wasn't. He just didn't like I don't know overdo it. I like that it was subtle and it was really reserved. Like mm. like he has his short bursts where he's just he's angry. Yeah, that, it's that really good how he has station. these little vents of like anger to show how frustrated the man is. I think mm. it's quite good. And like he just he, like shows how broken he, how he is. He just he just he's like at this point in time he's like a total pessimist. He really just doesn't care. He's just fine doing he's just fine doing whatever he wants to do. He seems like he, he could be fine not existing. Yeah, it seems yeah, that yeah. shallow. Yeah, yeah. but just um, also back with the screenplay of this, we'll get on to these other movies in a, in a moment. But I just felt that the screenplay just it took a lot of breaks from the actual story and was just 
a series of long drawn out arguments that had no like context and no actual importance or relevance to what was actually going on in the story can you give an example well there was a lot of the arguments in the film but then also just a 10 minute scene where his nephew's trying to just have sex with this girl upstairs and like yeah. her mum just keeps coming in to check on them because Casey Affleck's just sitting in the yeah, in the lounge room not talking to her it's just, yet again, the, f- the film's I, I sort of like a tragic comedy. That. It seemed, at least to me, I, I, I found. Although, yeah, that, I, I don't know why it would have had such a huge focus on... Um, uh, what's yeah. the kid? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember his name. On, on his, uh, I don't know, his yeah. activities. Also, I don't know why he got nominated for Best Supporting Honestly, Actor. That he was, was fine. He wasn't he was standout, not, no, though. No, no. Oh, you didn't. You didn't like him at all. Not really. No, his, char- like, his character. His was annoying. His character's annoying. His I felt. So I felt no annoying. sympathy for. Even though his dad died, I felt no yeah. sympathy for that. I, character. I didn't really care. Especially about the kid like, at all. especially because he has two girlfriends as well. Like yeah. he's just a. He's I, really unlikable. I don't think at least there's sort of a missed opportunity there in, in the film, like, which I find like the the only time you see that the kid suffer from, from grief, other than his dad dying like straight away, is like when he. You know, opens a freezer and you're just like, oh, you know, I don't like the idea of his dad being in a freezer because after he has to stay in a freezer until the like the ground is softer because it's snowing at that point of time in the film. Um, they they could have had like a, another instance where even though the kid's trying to enjoy himself and forget about his uh, dad's passing, they could have had some other instance after that. But you know, it sort of reinforces what Casey Affleck's character was going through, like. You know, he can try and run away from grief, but it's going to catch him again eventually. Yeah, they could definitely. have had another instance where, uh, uh, maybe instead of something with a freeze, just something else. I don't know. Maybe walks past a graveyard mm. or something. Just triggered. Yeah. Also, I, I don't know. I'm not some writing genius, yeah. but there's a missed opportunity I see. Yeah. Also, just with Manchester by the Sea, like, and why I think it was probably one of the weaker out of all like the Oscar films of the past year, past year. I it I don't see myself ever rewatching it again. Like yeah, I don't true. think it has much replay value. It doesn't at all. have. A, it doesn't really. If you, if you, you kind of get the message when you watch the film once, and it's not really like a feel-good movie that you can watch again. Oh, it's pretty not. depressing. Even though it's sort of like a strange tragic comedy sense, like tries to make light of uh, the the grief situation. But there are some pretty heavy scenes, like when uh, Casey Affleck tries to kill himself. Oh, that that scene's amazing, though. Yeah, that yeah, scene's really. He's good. like, there's the like because Casey Affleck is so subdued and so subtle in this movie, and then he just completely Although lashes out. You can see, scene. you can see that scene sort of being comedic. I don't know. This could just be mean in no, a sense. I, that like was, you'd expect someone to die that, like that. And that was the most. The, you'd say that the. Like I don't know, maybe the irony, irony, ironic thing is that um, <laughs> even though he just wants to kill himself, um, everyone in that room just stops him, even though this man's got nothing to live yeah, for. Yeah, no, like so he, it's like he has nothing else to yeah, lose. Yeah, so it's sort of like like how could a, such a society just let such a broken down person who can't who can't really I don't know redeem himself in any sort of way just. Uh, why would they want him to, to live and live such a torturous life? Yeah. So, just in summary with this, like, I didn't hate Manchester by the Sea. Like, I just thought it was really overrated. Like, it's a good movie. It's just, mm. I don't think that it's the... Like, yeah, the review Kenneth Lonigan's magnum high. opus that everyone's oh, bloody saying that it is. I, I don't think so. I mean... Right. Also, his cameo I think it's a little... Awesome. Yeah. 
I think it's a little better than some of than I don't know most of his films, but he's probably going to make something better. I hope. Yeah, I don't know any of his other films. I know he wrote the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie, but apart from that, I've heard <laughs> yeah. nothing else. I've seen or heard well, nothing. I heard else a lot of his know. other stuff is is really similar to uh, Manchester by Sea. Oh, okay. That it's like it's a drama, and and he tries to make his story really grounded, like the characters grounded. It make tries to make their situation seem real, over dramatized. Oh. Okay. Alright, so just before we head into these um, movies, I've um, looked up the plot for God Particle, the third um, uh, the third um, film in the Cloverfield franchise now. Mm. Oh God! So if that's coming out in um, on Halloween weekend this year, and the plot <laughs> nice. is the plot is, and it's got um, Daniel Brühl, Elizabeth Debicki, Chris O'Dowd, um, uh, who else is it? Um, David Oyelowo, uh, Zhang Ziyi, and uh, Gugu Mbatha Raw. They're all in this, and. Um, the plot is a team of astronauts aboard the International Space Station find themselves alone after a scientific experiment causes the Earth to disappear. What? <laughs> Earth disappears? Yeah. When a space shuttle appears, the space station crew must fight for survival following their horrible discovery. Okay. That's going to be a bit hard to miss like miss the Earth disappearing. They just turn yeah. around and just feel like... Hey, uh, that big-ass planet that, that takes up this I, side of the spaceship is fucking I, gone. Yeah. I hope that um, uh, the, there's no twist of the movie where it's just that they've gone through a wormhole or something. Oh, well, if they do make and, a imagine, twist, I'm hoping... Just, imagine that, like, let they it go, work. At, at the end, and this is how they tie into the Cloverfield thing. They're going through the wormhole, and they're going, like, into one way, and then they just see the big Cloverfield monster pass them oh, as it goes towards yeah. Earth. No, I was, I was hoping if they, if they made a really derby twist, like, um... Like they, they travel to like another dimension and it's like Cloverfield land but like all the Cloverfield monsters like they live like humans in like modern day right. so it's like so the, it's like like the, the Cronenberg world from the Rick and Morty yeah it'd be like the Cronenberg world but it'd be like the, like the ending would be like the ending of um, the uh, Planet of the Apes remake yeah. with the um, a- Abraham, yeah, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln I don't know maybe Captain Cthulhu freed the slaves <laughs> freed the all right. Read the tentacle hentai okay. pirate slave. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, so let's get into some movies now. And shit, we've been going for nearly 20 minutes. And that was just talking about the Oscars. Oscars. And we've got a lot of movies to talk about. So first, um, we'll talk about Logan. Because we've oh, both yeah. seen this. And seen Logan. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. This movie's been out for over a We're month gonna now. We're going to spoil the movie for you. If you, really wanted to, if you really wanted to see this movie, you should have seen it by now. So, Wolverine dies. Okay. Let's get yeah, into it. Wolverine dies. <laughs> what did you think of the movie? I thought it was. I thought it was good. Uh, I mean, um, I didn't really expect heaps from it. I got what I expected. Basically, an X Men movie, except this one's a lot more uh, gritty and grounded um, into like realism and more violent, of course. Although the uh, the change in tone was it was kind of uh, welcoming because it's good to see. I don't know, like a superhero film where like. Your heroes have to deal with like real life problems like yeah, alcoholism, yeah, like alcoholism and seizures, seizures, and like actually yeah. being able to die and, now. And just like, like, his... like the, the, the like takes place in Mexico and just shows how dangerous uh, the area is. Like uh, yeah, I know. the film literally opens with a uh, drunk Hugh Jackman and he's a. Uh, it was like uh, and he's, it was and, like Sicario but with Wolverine. It's, oh, it's that's what of, kind of yeah, what it felt like. Uh, I, I guess with without as much suspense and. More violence. <laughs> yeah. But it was like... 
it was actually a good opening scene to really like just set the oh, style yeah. and the tone. Just, just like Wolverine just, beating the crap out yeah. of like those. Oh, just not th- beating, those just fucking murdering just them. Murdering just straight them. Them. murders them. Alright, and um, X23, what did you think? The little girl that played. Uh, I don't know. It's a bit weird to see like little girl jump around and kill people. Like, it's sort of. I don't know. When I was watching it with a friend of mine, kind of laughed a bit. But it looked like. Because I was trying to. Like, when I was watching, I was trying to find out, like, where they've obviously got, like, a really short person to be their, like, stunt double. And it yeah. looked like it was, for the most part, it looked like it was a little girl doing yeah, a few of stunts. Yeah, I mean, they probably could have done that, you know, just the harness and all that, just to yeah, remove yeah. the wires and posts. Yeah, but this is definitely, I thought, this was Hugh Jackman, like, his best. Well, it's He's a good send-off Wolverine. of Wolverine character. Oh, it's a p- perfect send-off. Better than those other two Wolverine... Oh, the, the one where we went to Japan is not oh, too bad. Oh, that one was actually alright. A lot of people hated that. I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine, but like, calling that, like, James Mangold, who also directed that Wolverine film, mm. like, he called this one Logan just to show, like, how different, like, th- mm. that was him as wo- the Wolverine, mm. like, showing him in this, fan- like, that fantastic yeah, this, world. this is him as, and then like, this is Logan. Logan like, yeah. like, the real Logan yeah. as, Not like, Wolverine the superhero with yeah. his uh, blue and yellow costume just in the, the shit, shit is shit has gone down. Like this is terrible. Yeah, it, it's like, actually. I like the state of the fucking the, Professor X is living in a water tank. Yeah, well, he has to live in a water tank because he gets these Be- being crazy treated, seizures. Yeah, so. being treated by fucking Ricky Gervais's best mate. <laughs> Which also Stephen Merchant in this movie weird casting, but yeah, paid off casting. really well. Oh, uh, like, yeah, I, thought I thought it was, it was really fine. good. Although I thought it was a bit weird that they had like who was that villain with the. Uh, Donald uh, fucking robot. I, I, um, don't, I don't know. But... Uh, I thought it was a bit weird how he like he, he, he pulls the pins on those grenades. Donald's in the truck, but he doesn't die. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a bit <laughs> derpy. And it doesn't matter. Yeah, the um the action's a lot more gritty and it was yeah yeah and it, yes over the glorious violence and I'm surprised to see a lot a fair bit of practical work in there like mm, yeah. like the um. Not mostly... a lot of CGI blood, though. Yeah, not really. Say. Like, maybe for some splatters, but, like, the After Effects, all CGI makeup, which is... Uh, not CGI makeup, all practical makeup, which is cool. Like, yeah. the wounds and all that. It was just so visceral, like, to see. And mm. it was, like, more... Well, not even though there's still mutants and things like that, it felt grounded. Like, well, was... I mean, in this movie, they kind of get rid of a lot of the mutants. Yeah, because... It's um, basically... It's absent of mutants because Professor X killed a lot of them with a brain seizure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and how they shot those brain shit seizure things. Oh, it was really that cool. That was awesome. Like, and the mm. scenes where, like, yeah, Wolverine's, where, like, yeah. slowly <laughs> moving towards them, and then you see the soldiers <laughs> at the, the door. Soldiers, yeah, Imagine just being a soldier. <laughs> you can just see the Wolverine <laughs> slowly coming towards to kill you, you, and you can't do jack shit about it. Mm. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's... I sort of wish that the, they didn't have as many villains just to relentlessly murder, because they seem kind of useless. Like, I, I don't know why you'd want to sign up for a job like this just to get killed by... Like, even uh, later on in the film, when they just get... Um, they just they chase the, after the, clone, the... Like, the clone of Wolverine as well? Like, is that oh, yeah, that was cool. That was... Uh, and, like, for mocap, like, that actually looks pretty good. Like, I thought it, I thought when I heard they were going to be doing that, I thought, is this just going to look like Jeff Bridges' yeah. clone in Tron Legacy? Or, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, it, worked, it looked yeah, really good. it looked quite good, actually. Although, um... I don't know if the film really uh, needed the violence... Like, it could have been done without the fawns, but, you know, I'm kind of glad that it's there. So, like, mm. don't go in thinking that, oh, yeah, wow, it's, it's not It's of... not for the sake of showing gore, though. It's just... 
Oh, it seems to be in a sense, but it's sort of like making a statement, like oh, we can make a superhero film that's violent and it can be still successful. And people will see and it. People yeah. will see it. I think if it if it didn't have those other elements, uh, like uh, suicidal uh, Logan, and mm. uh, um, oh yeah, that, that just reminded me of something. Quick, going back to the Oscars, um, people, Suicide Squad is now an Oscar award winning film. Yeah, think about that. Think about that. That's. Move with possibly the worst editing in 2016, easily, some I think. Some of the worst acting, some of the worst CGI. Well, yeah, but some like, of the worst writing, worst just, directing. Just, just on, like, one of the biggest uh, conventions or just, like, foundation for film editing. It just fails on that. Like, it's basically not even a proper movie. It's just no. not really proper proper film. It's just this fucking it's like mess. A back, it's almost like a backdoor pilot for, like, a Suicide Squad TV series or something. Yeah, it's just... Like first half, terrible. Feels like a. It was directed by a trailer house company. Oh, <laughs> no one. Uh, how interesting. Second half is just oh just terrible. Terrible. Filled with so many continuity yeah. errors and just structural Tru- editing. It's, it's, it's fucking just... Trump's America, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Suicide just, squads and them. Well, it's just, it's, it's like it's like the uh, the. Post-election, it's just fucking chaos. <laughs> Alright, so back to Logan, though. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Like, I can't really remember a whole lot of it, though. Oh, yeah, oh, I still remember quite I, a bit I did it. see it, like, on, on... You saw it, like, when it, ca- I saw when it, it first uh, came out. I saw close. it, like, opening night at, like, 9.20, because at the uni, there, would be, there was, like, this big toga party that was happening at uni, and, and I was like, like fuck oh, that, I'm like going that. to see Logan. <laughs> I'm going to see Logan. Good choice. That um, it was it was hilarious at a camp. All the kids had a party, and and I brought and I brought uh what was it? Uh, I lost it. No, I lost in translations because cool. I wanted to watch it with Evan, and I was just like, and there were like two other dudes I didn't want to go, and I was just like, hey, let's just watch this. And then, and then a bunch of the teachers came back, and I was just like, oh, interesting movie. <laughs> it's good. And um oh, speaking of which, um Sophia Coppola has an, uh, is doing a remake of The Beguiled, that Clint Eastwood movie. Oh, it yeah. looks really, really good. That's interesting. Yeah, it's got got a good cast too. Um, uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. No, no, Clint, not Clint Eastwood's not in it, but Colin Farrell's mm. in it. Um, I think Nicole Kidman is in it as well. Uh, someone else, and young and Gary Rice is in it too. The little cool. girl from the Nice Guys. She was. Oh yeah, yeah. She's brilliant in yeah. Nice Guys. As I've said on the podcast, I got to meet her at um the preview at a preview Q and A screening of Jasper oh, Jones. That's awesome. Yep, she was awesome, and can't wait to see what she does. And she's in Spider Man Homecoming as well, so it's going to be awesome. Who's she playing Homecoming? Uh, I think just like one of the friends of uh, oh, okay. of like Peter's love interest, I think. Mm-hmm. Which, interestingly, is not Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy. Right. So they're going in a different direction with that. But anyway, Making so yeah. Making a new love interest. Maybe she'll be like more fitted to modern times. I don't know. Maybe yeah, they'll make uh, her I don't know. Something. I don't know. Yeah, Try but, something new. Yeah, so Logan, it was just awesome. And the, the final fight scene as well. Like perfect, perfect send-off for Wolverine as mm. well. Yeah, it was quite. Yeah, it was the. I would admit, like the climax is actually quite good. Um, mm. Like um, it, it never like as for as long as the movie was, it never dragged. Like it was. No, it was actually quite. Even though it isn't, it was two hours and twenty minutes long, but there was never really a dull moment. Yeah, no, not really. Um, I like the the pacing was quite good. I found because I I'm not too huge on the quick succession of uh, fight scenes just in like your superhero movies. This film, uh, for the most part, timed its fight scenes quite well mm. when it would have. So there really is like just three major ones. It's like mm. uh, where they're raiding Wolverine's uh, home out in Mexico. 
and then there's that farmhouse, and then there's like the the climax at the end. As it's really good how they just didn't have just constant action. Like there's a nice break in between that that they could build the characters, like um, the bond between Wolverine and X twenty one, as they're like on the road trying to make their way to um the the safe haven. I was gonna say just like because a lot of people were saying this from like the trailer, and like I didn't think there was gonna be that much, but like. Especially towards, like, trying to find the safe haven. All I could think of was, like, this is, like, of The Last of Us, the movie. Especially oh. for, like, in a couple of points in that. Like, it was, like, The Last of Us without the zombies. It's, like, The Last of Us... It's, like, The Last of Us, but the ending, I don't know, it's, was like, a decent. proper climax. It wasn't disappointing. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah. like, oh, you can either leave this girl here so we can do fucked up experiments, or... You can leave with save her, her and kill you. And kill you can humanity. save her and I'll kill you. Say, you. Say, save her and doom the rest of humanity. Yeah, save her and doom the rest of humanity. And yeah, dooms the rest of humanity. Yep. Yay. Well, we're a movie podcast, not a gaming podcast. But honestly, I would love to see, like, not a movie of The Last of Us, but if, like, HBO would, like, do a four-part, um, like, series. I think AMC would it. do better. Because um, if they got the people who made Breaking Bad to do it, I think that would be yeah, but like if if you did like a four part like like a four part like mini series, yeah, like that'd be like, fine. A, like an hour and a half each for like each because like you know how the game's set up into four mm. segments like summer, autumn, winter, and spring. Yeah, if yeah. they did that for the movie, like for like this thing as well, I think that could be really good. All right, though, so let's move on from Logan. Are uh, you recommending it? Yeah, I'd recommend it. I definitely would. Yeah, if if you like the X Men series and you've always wanted to see a more violent version of that, you're yeah. probably gonna love it's, this. It's a lot different to the rest of the X Men films. And um, a well, lot of it's it... similar, but it's yet different. Yeah, like it uh, structure wise, the story is kind of similar to how X Men pl- film would play out. Not exactly so so much. Um, you know, in the X Men film, trying to like save uh, the mutants, but like you know, they're just trying to save something, like save the world. I guess. In uh, the last few movies, and similar you know, plot structure, I guess, in, in regards to that. Except it has it adds all these other elements to it that makes it um, elevates it a little higher than the other films. Mm, yeah. So it's not just another superhero movie. It's uh, it's well, it's, it's, al- it's almost kind of like a western in a way too. Like the set, oh, the well, setting like makes it they, feel like. Yeah, I like how they make reference to Shane. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Professor X is like, "Oh, do you know this movie? It's a, it's a famous film." And and at the end, they um, quote Shane too, which is really cool. Oh yeah, they did too. Oh, so that, oh, I like how they had they, they added that touch in there. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice touch. And just quickly before we move on on this, but a lot of people wanted to see Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool show up in Logan. I was thinking, why? Oh, no, that, that would have just ruined retarded. the tone. Because I know that this that movie wanted to be for. serious. If they had Ryan, if they had Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, that would have just wouldn't have made any up a lot. Sense. That would just been really weird. Like you would just watch this movie, and then there would just been this one moment where you just like, why was that there? Mm. Yep. <laughs> also, Ryan Reynolds just makes a dick joke. Yeah. <laughs> also, no post credit scene either, which was yeah, which is great because. You know, it's not like they're trying to advertise the next goddamn movie with, you know, mm. one movie. And you just see Wolverine's just, claw just come out. One, one single claw oh, yeah. come out of the grave. Yeah. Like oh, no, fun. you see the dirt rustle a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Alright, yeah, so... See, see Logan. Like, it's probably still in cinemas, I think, maybe. Uh, Doesn't it, matter. It, just wait want... till it comes on DVD. Yeah, or wait till DVD it. or Netflix or Stan or... Blu-ray. Pre- yeah, or Presto. I don't think Presto is still a thing. I don't know, but... I don't know, maybe. Anyway, so let's move on to the next movie that I... One of the many movies I saw is A Cure for Wellness, Gore Verbinski's new film. Hmm. And do you know anything about this movie? Have you heard of it? Um, yeah, I've heard of it. Um, it looks surreal. 
It, just from a trailer I've seen. It's like... Is so, it like The Matrix? Oh, uh, no. No, 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 no. Because uh, looking from... The, I'm, I'm having... I'm getting the kind of vibe, or, I don't know, Inception vibe, where Garrett just put on something that makes him go into a dream world or something uh, like yep. that. So I what, don't know if it does what, that. What this movie has been compared to a lot recently is Shutter Island. A lot of people oh. have been comparing this film to Shutter Island. And I can see why, because... The basic plot of this movie is Dane DeHaan's like this big, big shot like lawyer or like Wall Street dude, mm. and his uh, company has asked him like their boss has gone to like a wellness center in Switzerland or something to help him get better, and they're like, hey, we need this deal to be closed. We're gonna send you off to Switzerland and bring him back, like try to bring him back here to close this deal or whatever. Like this is really mm. important. So Dane DeHaan goes over to Switzerland and tries to get him back. But then uh, he finds himself that he can't get out of this wellness center. Like, he's trapped there. He's trying to escape. And then he also <laughs> learns of the really weird, shady shit that's going down. At this. Does it turn out that the wellness center is just a psychiatric hospital? Uh, it's Well, it's that too. And, like, mm. it's this movie, it's very... Apart, apart from everyone's going to compare this to, like, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and, like, Shutter Island and those oh, kind of yeah. movies. But it's, real, it's quite original as well. And Gore Verbinski is a very... I would say bipolar filmmaker because some of his movies are great like sometimes oh, okay. he'll make something like The Ring remake which is really really good yeah. like the first Pirates of the Caribbean and Rango but then he'll make shit like the Pirate sequels and like The Lone Ranger <laughs> so very very hit or miss very much but I think like this is a yeah well, it sounds like he's got two sides of uh, what he makes like I can make a good pirate film. I can make the really shitty sequels to your pirate films. Like I can make, yeah. I can make a, a like a western themed uh, yeah. animated film. I was like, oh, could I do? Or a really... I can make a really shit uh, adaptation of the Lone Ranger. Or, ma- or maybe he could be like, or he could compromise. Like I could make this really awesome psychological thriller set in this really creepy like wellness center. That's actually like a or should I ca- hospital? Oh uh, yeah. Or should I cast Johnny Depp in this as well? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully not. If I cast Johnny Depp and he'll just play like his character, like the Mad Hatter character. From yeah. The Tim he's, he's gonna have to wear. He's gonna have to wear. Films. He's gonna have to wear a top hat and a zoot suit. Yeah. So he's, he's, gonna, he's gonna be an albino and he's gonna have to wear a top hat. <laughs> but no, this movie is really, really like the way this movie is shot. Every like it is the cinematography in this film. Everything is framed almost perfectly. So you could, it's got like. So you're saying it's got like really good uh, composition. Yeah, the composition. Nice. Every it's immaculate. Every like well, it I is framed perfectly. Like you could any frame from this film, you could take it, like, oh, put it in a really? frame, put, put it in a museum, and call it art. It looks incredible. And I heard people say about the Handmaiden. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, from what I've seen in the Handmaiden, mm. just the trailer, like that's yeah, <laughs> the vision from the <laughs> trailer. It's pretty. Weird. It, as, as weird as weird as it was, but like this this movie has a lot of like kind of weird like like visions and things yeah, like probably that. Not in like, sense like weird psychosexual Freud and yeah no not not that kind of stuff, but like weird um like and it's the way that like this thing is like it's very like the way it's like kind of color corrected like it's very kind of like is it dark. It's it not like it's... not dark. It looks very muted, though. Oh, okay. But look, but that it kind of works Does it here. Work with the... It works here because it's kind of like a creepy, like really Cause, kind cause of. They, they do that a lot with movies now. They see have like really muted color correction or. And it's also they, Switzerland, they make it really so like dark. Makes, yeah, but then it also weird. like because it's in Switzerland as well. Like it shows like they're in the Swiss Alps in the middle of the oh, mountain nice. somewhere. So. It showed like it kind of like fit, it like kind of gets the temperature as well of like how cool, like the coolness and the, mm. like how cold it would be up there. 
So like the really cool kind of color palette and like the muted colors and the kind of like yeah, I guess it work and... in that regard. Yeah, but then there's also just really weird scenes as well that don't really make much sense. Like there's a scene where like oh, weird trip scenes that could be removed. Yeah, well there's this. Oh, there's that's this... the selling point of the movie. Well, no, 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 no not, not really. There's this scene where Dane DeHaan because like he finds out that like he or like as he tries to escape like he's in a car crash and mm. then like he breaks his leg. And like he's like, no, no, you're a patient here. Like we suggest that you get better, and should we suggest this cure? Mm. And like, so he's this treatment. He's in this giant water tank, and like has like a breathing thing. And like the doctor leaves him, and then like there's a security guard to just watch over him. Mm. And like he starts having a vision. Like, well, it's revealed that like a bunch of eels are then re- put into this tank, and he starts mm. fucking tripping out. And the guy that's like just meant to be watching the security guard, one of like the orderlies comes around, just drop like. Takes her clothes off in front of him. The guy just stares, stares at it, and he's literally just jerking off while she's standing there. <laughs> what? And, and while this guy's fucking freaking out, and he loses his mouthpiece, and he's so he's drowning in this tank that's surrounded by eels. He's and then, trauma. And then it then keeps cutting back. So you've got Dane DeHaan just struggling, like banging on the top of the tank, you don't about to be drowning. The and then the it just and then it just cuts back to <laughs> of this guy just. Oh, it's what weird. What is supposed to symbolise his trauma? Maybe they're trying to make him feel like he is a, uh, sli- I don't know, a psychotic uh, um, patient or something like. Like, oh, maybe he witnessed his mother, I don't know, cheating on a security guard. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, sounds pretty retarded. Yeah. Right? It sounds and like something you'd seen. But I, I, I will rec- still, still recommend this though because a lot of people like because, like. Original movies, like whenever one comes out like this, because like, pe- critics, you would know this, like they yeah. always say we need original films, like we want more yeah. original films. But then when an original film like this comes out, they trash it because yeah, well, it's not the kind of original film that they're wanting. Yeah, like, but I guess like I will say though, but like, and I think another reason because this movie is bombed at the box office as oh, well. That's not good, but I think I can see expensive. one of the reasons why, like, it was forty million dollars, and I think well, as can of you, can like, you say that like this film. Didn't really have a proper like target audience. I guess so I'm not really sure that. what yeah, kind I'm of people sure. want to watch this movie. Yeah, not not trying to have a go at it. I'm just like just just saying if you if you're putting a film in the cinemas, you want to know what kind of people are going to watch it. Yeah, you want to make sure that you make money. Like, I, I have seen a lot of people say that this movie is very much style over substance, and I can see where they're coming from. But mm. I was actually really invested in the story because it's like very, it's almost like frustrating in a good way because like they don't reveal anything and they just keep so you like, like it's ambiguity. all very vague and then it makes the payoff even better you like so you like the ambiguity of the film yeah i like you, the you reckon of the you reckon movie. you like the idea that there's a lot a lot of stuff open that you know can be made yeah and it's kind of like you know as much as the character as the main character of dane de yeah that's you, nice yeah but then also the score of this movie it just so captures the tone and like how creepy that this is like how creepy the film is, really, ca- and also the sound design. There's just like there'll be a scene where like you can just hear the creaking of Dane DeHaan on crutches as mm. like he moves around, and that's like all you can hear. Nice. It just really captures it, like really, really captures the mood of the whole film. So, but I think another reason why this movie failed what is would, what would be the mood like confusion? Oh, uh, very like kind of creepy, like like scare, like fear. Yeah. And just like, and there's a lot of like creepy imagery, like that, like, and that's something that Gore Verbinski's good at. Like, if you see the ring, like the ring mm. tape that he made in that, there is some fucked up shit in that. And it does but, look like sort of a snuff film. Oh, what snuff film you could play in an M movie, maybe? <laughs> yeah, but uh, crap, what was I gonna say? But it's about oh yeah, 
So I think another reason why this movie kind of failed is because it's marketing campaign. And it tried to do this viral marketing thing where they had they made a bunch of fake websites oh, making like, fake like news. The field. Oh. Yeah, no, they're having fake news, but this this fake news sites and stuff that they made had like kind of like Breitbart esque articles of like vaccines cause autism and all this kind of shit that was actually picked up by like news like by actual news people and, and like... spread around, shared thousands and thousands of times. So. It was a marketing tactic which was pretty stupid and backfired yeah, that is a, a bit lot. Stupid making especially false. that is extremely bad timing now, mm. especially when all of these so-called debates. Even though, look, it's not a debate, people. Vaccines don't cause autism, okay? I know they I don't. Mean, look, see, see, coming from someone ridiculous. who is some, coming from someone who is autistic, it's almost offensive. Mm. But look, it's just or just that's just such a general statement to make. Like all vaccines cause autism. Yeah, like autism's genetic. You don't develop autism. No, you don't. It's it's retarded. It's like it's like someone I don't know developing what's that what's that weird uh, thing you can get where you can taste colors or something. Oh, like, yeah, that's yeah. genetic. You can't develop that. It's like saying, yeah. oh, if you if if you do weed, you'll develop this. Oh, like it's that. bullshit. It's but, fucking nonsense. Yeah. Also, but just with that, I'm pretty sure I'd rather have autism than I don't know fucking measles or like polio or some shit. Yeah. Polio so is vaccinate them, okay? Just. Ugh. Well, I, I don't I don't see how there's an argument there. I think crazy no people argument. won't take vaccines. I mean, what do you think the government's gonna feature oh, no, no, like me... brain control serum or something? Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, feature so apart apart from that though, a cure for wellness is a very very underrated movie. Like, and I guess what turned a lot of people off is the runtime. Like, it is almost two and a half hours long. Oh, that's pretty long. It is long, but like it's really intriguing and it really did keep my interest. As I said, like it's almost frustrating to the point of like how much they don't reveal. But like mm. I was, yeah, I got really sucked into this story and I really, really enjoyed it. And also Dane DeHaan, like I haven't seen him in a movie in a while, and it was good to see him back on screen. He was really, really good in this film too. Mm. And next film next that you want film, to talk about, Silence. Ma- Martin Scorsese's Silence. Hmm. Yep. So again, you haven't seen this. Unfortunately, I haven't. All right. Yep. Another movie that's very, very long. This is almost. Uh, this is two hours and forty minutes long, and it's an epic. And um, hmm. Martin Scorsese has wanted to make this for years, and yeah, he has said that he has waited till this long because he said he doesn't believe he didn't believe that his like filmmaking capabilities could make a movie like this until he got to the point where he is now. So, does, do you think everyone would know the plot to this film? Uh, I don't really know the plot to this film. Oh, I just right. know I, I know about the um, the time period they were set in the situation where it's like oh, right. yep. it's set in um, it, was it still feudal Japan? I yeah, guess it, it still, still was, it was feudal se- Japan. Seven, seventeen, and, and this would have been a time where uh, um, Christ- Christianity was frowned upon because it's like some new yeah. and uh, I don't know like some new strange religion. Yeah, it was um, different to uh, what, what? What would have been the religion of Japan? Uh, like, it probably still would have been like Shintoism, maybe yeah, Shintoism or something. Yeah, Shinto probably would have been back then. But Silence is about so Liam Neeson is a Jesuit priest who goes to Japan to like pro- proclaim the gospel to the Japanese people and like take Christianity to Japan, and uh, he's um, captured. And so Adam Driver and Andrew Garfield play two Jesuit priests who uh, go to Japan to try and bring him back to either, I can't remember where it was, like Portugal or wherever they are. So this movie, again, like I saw, I made the mistake of seeing this very early in the morning. I saw this as a 10am screening um, after I only got up like half an hour beforehand. 
So it was, and the long look, as I I'm saying with the cure for wellness, it's a very like it's a very hard film to sit through. Not only for the long, t- the really long running time, even though the film is really really good, but also like just this, it's brutal. It is absolutely brutal. Like, even though, like, this film is very, like, much about the Christian faith and all that kind of stuff, it really shows, like, how, like, they just came over there. They just went over there and just tried to convert all these people. And even though, like, there were a lot of, like, like Christians in Japan, like, when they go mm. over, they do find a lot of Christians in Japan. Mm. And the way that they're treated, especially by those people, like, it, it's brutal. Mm. It is very, very brutal. Especially, like, and what they try to do, they try to get them to denounce their faith. And if they refuse, they, they kill them, obviously. Yeah. But all they have to do to denounce their face, they have like this little plaque of Jesus's face on it. Yeah, they have to step on it. And they have to step it. on it. Yeah, yeah. I get that. And also, like, I guess like the kind of the landscape of Japan is almost like a villain in this movie because it's evil it, Empire of Japan. Like, I, I mean, the cin- like the way this movie is shot and it makes like this place just look. It makes it look like, like th- they're way out of their element. Like. It's like raining all the time. Like all the like all the paths they're on are just so muddy. Like yeah, it's always wet. Like it's it looks like it's in a completely different landscape, almost like an alien kind of landscape. Mm. So what, what, just from the trailers or like what you've seen from the film so far, what do you think that it's? Well, I mean, people like Mons because he he doesn't really mm. make anything bad. His films are quite solid. Yeah, I'm thinking that it would be a, a solid film. It is it's much just different. Banking on the name, but like this. Seems interesting because it's not a gangster film. Yeah. So I it, guess it, I guess people should probably give this a try. And yet again, yeah. it's, it's set. It's, it's based on a thing that doesn't get a lot of cover cover in movies. I think yeah. I've never heard of another movie actually, um, actually taking that uh, another movie looking at like that kind of um, yeah um, Christianity in Japan yeah well, that, like that. yeah that kind of problem um, in in that point of time in um, feudal Japan like. Mm. feudal Japan you'll just think about all the uh, conflict between yeah. different houses and all that but yeah it's quite interesting that uh, this film um, has a look at the struggles of the the unfortunate uh, people the Christian faith living in that country and how they mm. were persecuted for something just like their faith mm. something that they should have control over but not yep. it's just on that as well like firstly like for a movie like as, as I said I'm not I'm more like atheist than mm. like I, I'm still say that I'm an agnostic, but I lean more toward a- atheism. Like, mm. and if a movie, especially good movies about faith, can make me care about like, it, and it makes it good, and it's not preachy at all. Like, it kind yeah, of that's good. It's not like it kind of God forgives. No, oh, no, no, only God forgives. Sorry, um, like Passion uh, of the Christ. Pa- yeah, oh, Passion of the Christ. God damn it, makes yeah, the Jews it, look like Nazis. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, it's um, not like, it, or it's not like, um. It's not like a Christ. Well, it's stupid? not like a Christ exploitation film. Yeah, it's not like Christ exploitation. But... Like the recent, um, all those uh, preachy Christ films. Yeah, God's not dead. God's <laughs> not dead. Yeah, not like the goddamn yeah, but... God's not dead. Me, super biased. Yeah, but if you uh... can make it like, and the title of the film is almost is perfect because that's basically, I guess, what it you you hear when you're because like he basically has Andrew Garfield, who's incredible in this movie, by the way. Like, he has this big monologue, like, where he's, like, basically trying, like, he's trying to pray, but then he's like, are you even listening to me? Or is all I'm hearing is just silence? So, and that's... Yeah, that's so it's really testing faith title. right yeah. there. They, like, I mean, and there are so many times where, and the same, like, in his, 
well, in another Andrew Garfield movie where he was in, where he plays a very religious person in Hacksaw Ridge, mm-hmm. like their faith is tested so much in like his characters. Are t- their faith, yeah, is I, I, I can so, see that so connection that where where he's a pacifist basically in in the war, mm. or he's just he's just reliant that God God would protect him on the battlefield yeah. while he brings in the but wounded. There, there, there are a few really strange moments. Like there's this moment where Andrew Garfield does see his like Jesus's face in his own reflection. And I was like, I'm not quite sure what you're trying to say there. Well, I guess but, that, that like, could be the character sort of seeing them as a messiah-like figure, possibly. No, no, no. Andrew Garfield sees himself oh. in his own in reflection as he sees Jesus's face in his own. Reflection. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like he's probably thinking that, thinking of himself mm. as a possible messiah-like character. If he's looking into, like, let's say, water or something, sees a reflection of yep. Jesus, or maybe sees Jesus mm. inside him or something. Yep. Also, back to what you were saying, like this is much different to like anything that um like Scorsese has oh, ever yeah. done. Like I guess like the closest thing, like Kundan is probably like the closest thing that Martin Scorsese's done to this. Yeah, like, probably. Like at the start of the movie, it doesn't like freeze frame on Andrew Garfield. He's like, as far as I can remember, I <laughs> yeah, always wanted to be a priest. Rewinds the film. <laughs> as far as that, as far yeah, back as that happens, he's like closing down. Yeah. He's closing a wagon up and like three yeah. priests <laughs> murder like a Japanese dude. All I can remember, I wanted to be a priest. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go over to Japan. Fuck you, pay me. (laughs) Walks to his wagon, wagon explodes with like fireworks. And then fucking Rolling Stones just starts playing. Uh, But no, this is. It's such a really, really good movie. Like, if you can get through it all and like make sure you see it like when you're fully awake. And also. I guess, and you have to be, and you have to pay attention as well. Like this film, it's a long movie, isn't it? Yeah, two hours, it's two, two hours forty-one minutes. But like, it really, it, it sucks. It sucked me straight into it. Like, even though I was getting tired, I was still wanted to know what was going to go on. Mm. Like, it towards the end, like when he finally does find Liam Neeson, and like that, it does go on for a bit after that. But then the ending of the film is like is perfect. So you're saying that, like, even though it's a long movie, like it keeps you interested. And the pace is yep. fine. Yep. It's good, it's good. Yeah. So you gonna see it? Yeah, probably. I, I did. I did want to watch it, but I never really got around to it. All right. Okay. Well, another film that I saw. Um, I saw. I mean, I can see you've got the wiki of this up right yeah. now. So I saw a documentary, an Australian documentary called The Family. Now, this the documentary. This the movie The Family. It's a documentary about a cult that was, or like a religious sect that was founded on like Lake Yildon in the nineteen seventies, mm. and like. We were just watching the trailer for this for this film earlier, mm. and um, this religious cult, like, so it was started by this woman named like Anne Hamilton Byrne yeah. or something like that, and she had a vision like while whilst on LSD that like she basically saw World War Three was coming, so she basically stole a bunch of kids from their parents and basically trained them to be like to prepare them for this nuclear apocalypse or whatever was going <laughs> to yeah. be happening, so. You must have thought it was like Judgment Day. That's Judgment yeah, Day, nuclear so, or Holocaust. Yeah. So she brainwashed all these kids to do like, and even did, like they had LSD as well. Mm. Yeah. There, she... there are interviews with a lot of these kids in this, like saying like how fucking like being like eight years old and then just tripping on LSD yeah, and how God, fucking terrifying fucking that was. Mm. So I yeah, mean, it's, it's it's just it's just crazy. Just surprised that like when this uh, woman was convicted for a crime that she wasn't uh, found guilty. Yeah, yeah. It's so retarded. she retarded because like. Uh, like news articles, like you know, just everyone knew that this is a shady operation, especially when LSDs involved, especially the yeah. brainwashing. You've got child kidnapping as yeah, well. Child kidnapping, especially when LSDs involve a brainwashing of like sect members, so they so they're just obedient to her. 
Yeah, and it's just insane. And like most cult leaders, she was abusive as fuck too. Yeah. Like she, like if as we saw in that trailer, like one of the people, who, one of the kids who's now grown up and mm. was being interviewed in the documentaries, like there was one rule, and you had it was total obedience. Yeah, total obedience. And if you stepped like a toe out of line, you would get the like she would just crucify you. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy that something like this have happened in Australia. Yeah, I know, this happened like, like, think Lake Ilden, like yeah, two Lake hours Il- away from where yeah, we are. Yeah, goddamn Lake Ilden, which is like this beautiful, like, lake, and it's just, and it's it just It may as well like, be Camp Crystal Lake now, for a yeah, it's just camp, it's just, yeah, and we were talking before, and like, wow, this makes Lake Ilden look like a, like a horror movie location, like, oh, beware of Lake Ilden, or the, or the, uh, the family cult kidnap you and kill you no it just, it's insane like <laughs> it, it's really heartbreaking as well because you get to hear like a lot of these people like because i went the screening i went to it had a q a afterwards with the writer of the book that this is based off the director of the film um the the policeman who was like the lead investigator into this case and like he he was or who's also in, into the film was in the film as well and then um also one of the people one of the people who grew up in the cult mm. and then like was interviewed for the documentary as well hearing their insights of like this actually go down when it happened it was just it's fascinating to hear and just really like it's so sad that this mm. actually happened like this is like this is something out of like, science just, fiction yeah. like you don't <laughs> or it just it sounds like it's just watching the trailer I'm just like shit this is this could have been perfect for some like fictional I don't know, it's dystopia, I don't know, dystopia was some kind of like... This is like a series like of... premise is like brilliant to make a story on, really. It, really, like you yeah, just, it looks like... You Woody, can make it a bit of crazy cult, you can make it it's like dystopia. Yeah, it's like Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey needs to be investigating this shit. Yeah, like, it's just like... It's like that crazy cult that's just uh, misunderstood of um, uh, Friedrich Nietzsche. <laughs> it's just like, oh, time's flat circle. <laughs> oh, God. But it's, no. like, it's like that... But no, this is a fascinating documentary. Yeah, but like, it's, it's I, really interesting. I don't know like how like when it's going to be released on DVD because this came out about a month like like mid February or late February. So like if you can see it, by all means see it. Like and it's an like Australian documentary as well. So I'm planning on watching it. it. Yeah, it is like and as, as Eric said, like this this late this the woman Anne Hamilton Burton, she's still alive. Mm. Like she's bloody withering away in some nursing home in like Melbourne or somewhere, but. Like, she got off. All this shit that she did, like, how she treated these people and, like, all, like, the abuse and, like, all this horrible, horrible shit that mm. she did to these kids, she got off. It's, yeah, it's just heinous. Like, you, you would think... It heinous. And then... You he, would think that, like, somebody was closed down just yeah. immediately. And then... No, then, it went on then, for a while. Then you hear the... The, co- the, the cult's the, still the, around. Then the detective who, like, retired, like, not long after, like, quit the force, like, mm. months after this happened. Like, he said he was heartbroken. When he found out that she got off, Jesus, and because he basically felt that that everything terrible. he worked everything towards, everything worked for, just flush in the toilet. I know it's. Oh my god, this it's it's, it's an incredibly it's, it's like as bad as thing. like a big drug like big member in like some drug cartels fucking walks. Oh, I know, <laughs> that's crazy. It's like letting a rabid dog loose on the streets again. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So, um. I haven't done my Aussie Aussie film movie of the month segment in ages, so like I missed one, I missed mine for February and March. Mm. So like I'll think of one for April, but oh, the one my one for February definitely would have been Lion because I'm gonna say that. And uh, for March, I would have picked Jasper Jones. I'll, I'll split it with. So for March, Oz movie of the month, it would have been either a split between Jasper Jones and the family. So definitely check those two out if you want to hear my Jasper Jones review. Go back to episode um, seven or I think yeah, I talk about that. 
But mm. yeah, if you get a chance to see The Family, I highly recommend it. It's a fascinating documentary that is, I guess because like it's almost hard to believe that this, yeah. is, this actually happened. Especially for like a place like Australia, really, where it's like, like you'd expect something like this to happen in America, but like, um, I don't know. It's just like I don't think our country really tolerates such extremism no. that well at all. Uh, look at Reclaim Australia, though. Those mm. fucking dickheads. Mm. Yeah, just it's surprising that those weirdos still exist today. Oh, I know. It's insane. But- it's just it's like. Something as crazy like Scientology cult, or, mm. or, or, or as you said before, like this woman's like, like Charles Manson, Manson yeah. of Australia. It's, it's fucked. I know, but yeah. So the family, like, remember that. Like, I think it may get a DVD release. It might even come on like Netflix at some point mm. because it, this looks like a movie that could just go straight to Netflix and just like dominate. Like, yeah, dominate be... like just be like num like the number one watch thing for like documentaries. So, mm, yeah, like, it what, one, like, one the most hit... trending thing for documentaries. I guess yep, definitely. So, alright, um, let's move on to another film that I watched. Um, another, well, getting back to Oscars as well, this movie was nominated for Best best Lead Actress, uh, Loving. Jeff, but I really wanted to see this movie because, as you might have heard on this podcast, Midnight Special was my favourite movie of last year. I thought that movie is excellent. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Nichols was making this film that's based on a true story, and it's a very, very important story as well. Like, one of the first, like... This the story of Richard Lo- Richard and Mildred Loving basically changed the U.S. Constitution for like mixed race marriage. Mm. Now I will say it's a bit hard because because this is a true story and especially with Jeff Nichols like style and how he makes films. Like he has said many times that he prefers emotion over plot in his films, and that's definitely evident in Midnight Special yeah, yeah. as well as Loving or in Take Shelter. Mm, I guess definitely, yeah. yeah. So, have you, you haven't heard, have you at least seen the trailer for this film? Um, I don't really remember the trailer, but yeah, I've, I I've have heard of this film. I, I know that it's uh, critically, uh, it's done well, it's well received It's critically. really done well, but um, uh, what I'm really annoyed... The film looks, interestingly enough, like, uh, color palette seems quite warm in this film. Yeah, like, because it's set in, this one, I think, set in Virginia, I think. Because, yeah, yeah, it is set in Virginia because back then mixed race marriage was banned then yeah. because it's Virginia in like 1950 something. Like 1959, I think. But this, the movie spans over a couple of years. So, and it was also because I loved Midnight Special so much, seeing a lot of like actors that were in Midnight Special, yeah. like in like supporting roles in this film as well, was very interesting. And Michael Shannon pops up in a little cameo as well because nice. Michael Shannon, Matt, Shannon, 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 Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon um, is like must be really good mates with Jeff Nichols, so like he's he's been in every one of his films. Like he even has a small role in Mud as well. Yeah, it's sort of like with the uh, like uh, Jeremy Chalier and um, Malcolm uh, Blake. Uh, Macon Blair, yeah. yeah Macon Blair. So. Yeah. Also, I need to see Macon Blair's movie that he made for Netflix. Like I don't want to oh, live. Yeah. This, like, what, what, I don't want to live in this world anymore, or something <laughs> like that. It's called yeah. something like that, and it's got like Elijah Wood in it. It looks really really interesting, but um, yeah, loving it's. A really, um, yeah, it's really emotional. It gets that almost complete, like, and you're definitely cheering for these people. You want them to be together, mm. like, and the. Chem- oh, I don't know why you wouldn't anyway. Yeah, I know, but the chem- the chemistry between them, it's like very. So you're saying that this film, for- even though like, if you think about it, anyone with a modern mindset would be like, oh, um, yeah. mixed race uh, marriage, you know, like, if, if if you think that's wrong, you're fucked, yeah, or something like that. You're just some weird conservative, um, old dated conservative. 
you, I guess you're saying that this film doesn't like it's not basically just banking off uh, what's already popular opinion it actually makes you like think like let's say mm. if you're like maybe watching this back in the 50s you may may think wow this is this actually, is outrageous well you might maybe if you thought that this was outrageous you might think wow this is actually it's uh, these people seem to love each other a lot maybe yeah. they should allow this like yeah because there's it's just and because like the the tagline for this film is all love is created equal mm. and that's like perfect tagline yeah, it's for a the fitting film tagline, and yes. right, right at the end like this is towards the end of the film as well because like um, Nick Kroll who interesting like a comedic actor mm. playing like the lawyer who's taken on this case he is really really good in this movie as mm, well that's and good like to hear. yeah and there's just it's really simple like just hearing like there's the line at the end in the trailer which is towards the end of the film it's like is there anything you'd like me to tell the United the, the, the Supreme Court of the United States justice system and Jolly Edison's like yeah tell them I love my wife and that's all you should really need to mm. say like it's just I can't believe it's the same with like hidden figures like how like oh just, yeah it's, se- race racism is just so baffling to me mm. like and why it's just it's surprising how like how how they were just fine with all this just made everything harder. I know it was got to have separate toilets for for every race or really separate oh, toilets, toilets for coloreds and the whites. It's baffling to me how that was even a thing. And I I God hope damn, Jim I, I I hopefully I think we'll look back on gay marriage the same way we look back on like segregation and slavery and things like that now. Is like how the hell did we think that that was yeah. like. Well, at least, at least the gays never had to worry about going into the gay toilet or something oh like that. Gosh. Oh my Well, trans people probably still mm. will have to, and they're still dealing with that now. For fuck's sake! But anyway, like back back to loving though. Like he definitely like it's a bit hard to do like one that's emotion over plot, especially when you have a movie that's a true story and relies heavily on plot. Mm. But somehow he does it really well, and for characters like. Well, I guess because they're real people, but they aren't really developed that much. But you can mm. quite clearly see, like they, like Joel Edgerton and Ruth Negger, who are both brilliant in this movie. They are just. You think their chemistry is really? Their good? chemistry is really, really good. Like they don't really have a lot of lines together, but, but like, do the, you think like they, a lot of the, the passion is like yeah, shown in their performance uh, physically just it's on screen? Really, really good. Yeah. Um, it is. It does like a lot of Jeff Nichols movies. It is slow. It is very, very slow. Oh, I mean, this is a drama film. It is a drama film, and th- like because it's a true story. Like what I was saying with Hidden Figures. Like I thought. Like I said, I was saying with Hidden Figures. Like that there might have been an unnecessary. What in any other film would be an unnecessary subplot, but because it's a true story, it needs to be there. Hmm. So like so I can't really make a complaint. This film? Sorry. Um. Well, it's mostly the ca- it's. I can't really remember actually, but like it's. Did it have something to do with like fleshing oh, the character just... or something? Oh, I can't, I can't did, quite remember. Did it have but something it's just to do with like I don't know the case maybe. I think yeah, it was just mo- it was mainly on the case and mm-hmm. like them also trying to raise their children at this point as well, and like oh there there is a bit of a subplot where like one of their kids gets hit by a car, as well yeah so. Did that have something to do with someone that didn't support uh, that and actually tried to I kill the kid? No, it was like they were playing stickball or something like out in the mm. like out in the street, and like he goes to get the ball and just bang. Right. But so, so was that there just to make drama? Really? I think it was just for extra drama, but it it could have happened. Yeah, it may have happened in real life. It may have happened in real life, and I thought, no, no, why not? Yeah, but I would def I would probably recommend it. Like especially like um, Ruth Negger definitely did deserve her nomination in that mm. film. 
And Joel Edgerton was probably a bit unlucky, like, because I thought he was yeah. fantastic. Like, his character is, like, he stands out not because he's, like, the only white dude within a bunch of, like, within a bunch of black people. Oh, so they and, like, the Negro community, do they? Yeah, because, right. yeah, and um, also, like, he's not necessarily, yeah, like, have to he's, back then. he's not necessarily white trash, but, like, he's... Well, he kind of he looks like he's, he's, a, man, like, he's a man of the south. Yeah, but saying. like he's like and he like his hair's dyed blonde and things like that, so he does look a bit different. Yeah, but I really yeah he's not white trash, but like you can quite clearly see that like he's from like that area. Yeah, he's like from he's, the area. he's not yeah not necessarily he's a, local, a hillbilly, but, but he's like, not like backwards. Yeah, trying to say. Mm. But like yeah, just the the emo- like the best part about this movie is definitely the chemistry between um, Edgerton and Neger and. Also, like, just their physical, like, their performances and their chemistry is just brilliant. Mm. And also, like, it's just a real, it's a really important story that definitely needs to be told as well. Like, because it basically changed the U.S. Constitution and allowed mixed races of all the United States to like, them to marry. Know, um, what was her name? Um, Rosa Parks. Uh, Rosa yeah. Parks, yeah. You say it's about as important as that story. Yeah, it's definitely, like, it, it's probably not, it, it's probably one of those, like, civil rights movements, and they do mention, like, they do join one of the marches, or, like, or they do, they join a civil rights march, and, like, because that, all of that is happening while, like, this court case is going on as well, so, like, I think that's what kind of helped it, kind of, like, why it was successful in the end as well. Yeah, well, it's good to see that, um, they're making a lot more films, like, that yeah. involve a lot more, like, uh, like, African-American, uh, leads, yeah, and a lot of films that are based on like African American stories. Just it's quite good to see this uh, mm. pop up a lot more in cinema nowadays. Yeah, because I guess you can say that they've kind of been they didn't get a lot of the spotlight uh, throughout uh, film history. Yeah, I can see. Like that. you get Definitely. the you get the odd film um, with the black protagonist um, that deals with black problems, sort of like Spike like Spike Lee film, I yep. guess. But it's good that they, they're making more of these films. Yeah, and also Jeff Nichols like. He's in. He's an interesting director because, like, did you know he turned down Aquaman? He he, uh, he was no. he they like he was asked to do Aquaman and he turned it down to do like all of these other like smaller films because he doesn't quite think that he's ready for that. Yeah, and also with well, like how he kind of doesn't want to be like Josh Trank, I guess. Yeah, and also I know, I, I know that you like uh, Josh Trank. I didn't think he was that great, but. Didn't want to like, jump the I like, gun. I like Chronicle, but yeah, yeah Fantastic well, Four. Is I guess just didn't want to jump the gun, do like a big budget pitch, and then fuck it up. Yeah, because like, um, and also because I guess like Midnight Special is like his biggest budget picture he's done so far, yeah. and that tanked. Like, it didn't even make back a third of its oh, budget. That sucks. Oh well. It... So I guess yeah, but like he's a very very gr- like good new voice in filmmaking as well, and like he's. He's from like Arkansas as well, so like mm. all of his film, all of his films are set in the South. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, as well. Yeah, so it, like he hasn't made a bad movie yet. So yeah, I mean, he's, I'm he's, uh, interested to see what he does. Quite solid, actually. Yeah, like if he was gonna do Aquaman, like I would, I'd definitely be down for that. But like, Jane... I don't know. I'd, I'd rather he probably not go into a big budget film like Aquaman. Uh, like he seems to make a lot more mature like films. Yeah. Like James Gunn's another story. He made silly films. Like he yeah, liked his uh, Slither and he, Super. yeah, he liked making uh, Slither the horror comedy and just like uh, and yeah, Super. Super the satire and just like comic book heroes. So he, someone like James Gunn is perfect to make something like Guardians of the Galaxy because you know he he knew how to direct a movie and mm. he had style. Yeah, although um, it'd just be weird yeah. to see a guy doing these mature movies uh, yeah. makes like 
Aquaman. I, yeah, I will say it's interesting because um, James Wan is going to be directing Aquaman. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what he's going to do with it. Like, if he's going to go more the horror angle of like more of his other films, or if he's going to go yeah. like what he did with Fast and Furious. Yeah, 7. well, I was, I was going to say because like he did a Fast and Furious movie, maybe he'd be like fine making another big uh, budget picture like this. Yep. So see, loving when it comes out. Like for some strange reason, this didn't come out until March of like early March, which because yeah. it, because E One are the Entertainment One are the worst distribution company here in <laughs> Australia and New Zealand. Because they're also doing uh, John Wick 2. They have distribution for John Wick 2. And that doesn't seem to be coming out in Australia till May 18th. Which came out in the US in, what, February 10th? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, Great great way to get everybody to pirate your movie, E1. You are fucking terrible. I know, distribution's just terrible. You no wonder half the population just film pirates. Exactly. (laughs) Like, definitely, if you can, but like... You know, you know, you know what deters piracy? Um, cheap prices and like shorter delays between. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like in like the distribution for America is really quick. It's like sometimes mm. a film could just be on shelves after a month or something. It's crazy. Mm. And over here, we have to wait ages, right. like six months if you're lucky. Um, getting back to like a well, get, moving on to another movie that um well, I showed you a trailer for earlier. Uh, yeah. Miss Sloan. Yeah, now, you, I saw this yeah. as well. Another movie which was. A lot of people are calling it Oscar bait, but this movie also tanked in the US because it had the unfortunate time of being a gun control movie released at the around the same time as Donald Trump became president. So mm. this movie was almost destined to fail. Because Yeah, but so if you don't know about this movie, Miss Sloan is about a gun like a a lobbyist named uh, Elizabeth Sloan who's played brilliantly by Jessica Chastain in this movie. She was definitely robbed of a nomination for Best Actress in you this. You think she should have won? Oh, there, there's no fucking way Meryl Streep should have got nominated. Yeah. Like, like even a- Amy hell? Adams in Arrival and... Um, I, think, I think they just do that, just... I don't know. Because... Why do they do I, that? I, 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 I do think... me, because I think they should... Like, they should... Meryl Streep's already got enough nominations. She's the actress of the most Oscar nominations. I mean, Oscar seriously, how good was Forrest Jenkins, though? And even it if looks she... like just simple Meryl Streep role. Like, yeah. they should have left did, that for some younger Did you say in the, in the, um, in the um, Oscar, when they play her Oscar clip from Forrest Foster Jenkins, and you know how they cut to the actor after, like, they showed a little clip mm. in the Oscars? They cut to Meryl Streep, and she's basically like this. Like, ah. almost ashamed to see that that's the clip. <laughs> she probably just... It was amazing. It was like amazing. A paycheck movie for her, and that mm. he's like, Oh, Meryl Streep, we, we love g- giving her nominations. She <laughs> like yep. 20 of them. So, yeah, so Miss Sloan is basically a courtroom drama about a lobbyist who was originally like, um, she was hired to like help this, like, gun to get this, um, gun control bill kind of like thrown out. But then, like, she's like, No, I'm passionate for gun control. Um, screw these guys, I'm gonna go do this and fight for this bill to get it done. And it's basically a courtroom drama about trying to get this bill passed. Sounds boring yeah, it sounds as shit, boring, but... doesn't it? It is really, really good. Like, the, well, first of all, this, as I said, Jessica Chastain so is the, just how's the acting? Is it like, like melodramatic? The, or is the it acting like... is pretty, pretty good. Yeah, as mm. I said, Jessica Chastain, fantastic. Mark Strong, as well as like this, uh, like this other guy that like is part of her team. He's really mm. good as well. Uh, Michael Stuhlberg or Berg, who. He seems to be... He popped up in a lot of movies last year. Yeah. Because he popped up in Miss Sloan. He also popped up in Doctor Strange and Arrival. And there's one other one that's like... That escapes me at the moment. But he was in quite a few movies last year. Mm. 
and like he plays like the leader of like the kind of the rally against uh, like uh, the mm. rally for gun control and there's this great scene where her and Jessica him and Jessica Chastain are doing like a live debate on TV between like whether to uh, like about gun control and it's just it was awesome to watch mm. and like also the character of Elizabeth Sloan like she's a bloody train wreck as well and so yeah, because, like, there's this... Because she says, like... Well, in the trailer, she seems like she's got her, well, shit together. Just so, yeah, like... Yeah, but... Like, she's... Is it, is throughout like, the movie, she's, like, popping pills and shit like that. And so, like, oh, there's... Right. She, she has, like, this male escort that comes around and basically so she sleeps with because... Right. Because she says, like... She basically explains, like, I, I do this with you because, like, I'm doing the... I'm experiencing the life I could have had. The, I, the, the life I... It's basically oh, God, the life yeah. I'm doing, my work life, but then I'm doing this to show... Like to experience the life I could have had if I wasn't doing this, which takes up all my time. So it was really, yeah, really interesting. And I'm like, I don't understand because maybe because we were in Australia here and like people, people in America, I know I've got American listeners, I've seen the stats. Gun control actually works. Look at us. Like, yeah. we've had, we've had, <laughs> we pretty, haven't had a gun massacre since that. Um... There has been no mass shootings here in Australia since 1996 yeah. because after that, we put in gun restrict, gun, gun control laws. Crazy and they have gun worked, control laws. And they have worked a wonder. Like, mm. there is, I mean, you still have guns, but you don't get anything ridiculous. There's like, no who the fuck's going to use an M16 rifle? I mean, come yeah. on, be, be realistic here. You're going to take that hunting uh, shit yeah, as, flock of as, as Jim Jeffries says, it's called an assault rifle, not a protection rifle. Mm. So. Yeah, so gun like the whole debate against gun control is just same with just racism in general. Like earlier, like Republicans are just fucking nutcases. Yeah, I mean, just, if you haven't seen um, Bowling for Columbine, you just just watch that. Oh yeah, or any Michael Moore documentary. Any Michael as well. Moore documentary is just great. So yeah, I've got a feeling this is the kind of movie that fucking the Infowars guy would just slam. Mm. <laughs> you, you know who that guy is? The Info. No. Oh okay. Well, I need to show you some YouTube clips when we're done here. But, but I guess so. It's but a yeah, Miss Sloan, as I said, like I was like, it's a really, really. So was she a character that you can relate with or sympathise with? Well, oh uh, well, she's to, like unrealistic. Or... Uh, I guess like her character. I guess they give her a human element where she's just like, oh, I still have worldly desires. But like she's she's incredibly manipulative sex. though. Like she gets like this gun. Like she gets this um person who's a um. Like who's another like sub- like a proponent of gun control who like wants to not proponent mm. or like a supporter of gun control wants to get it done. She gets her on her team to like try and push this bill forward, and she finds out that she was like the, a survivor of a school shooting, and mm. she kind of exploits that towards oh, getting God. the bill passed. And, and so like even you sympathize with the character and you want her to succeed, but like she does some really yeah, horrible so, things. So to get, like she she gets sound. some yeah she gets she does some really horrible things to get there. Like she says like she'll do any names possible. Like she does this she gets paid to win. Mm. Like and basically that's what she wants to do and she'll so do, do that with any means necessary. Do you think she actually cares about the uh, bill uh, or not? I think then. so. I think so as well. Like mm. she clearly does. Like and her arguments as well. Like. Which probably should be like the arguments that are put forward in this movie mm-hmm. about gun control probably should be put forward in, in real like life. in Congress, I think. But then they also show like um, there's a scene later where like uh, she that that the the person she gets on board that was the survivor of the school shooting. There's a scene where like she gets held at gunpoint and is about to be shot by someone, mm. and then she is saved by a guy that happens to be carrying a gun who shoots him. <laughs> and so they're saying, well. That wouldn't have happened if we had gun control laws. I'm just like, it's a stretch, but it's like, 
they kind of have a point. Like even it's a stretch, but like it's no. Just, well, if they if it's another if, set if gun like that couldn't have been. If they had gun strict gun control. That guy, Crazy Kai, may not have been able to get his hands on a gun. Oh, no. But then, uh, yeah, they make, like, she make like, Elizabeth Sloan, like, she makes a great point about, like, saying, like, you have to wait, like, ages for a driver's license. Like, if you don't, it's illegal to, like, drive without a driver's license. But oh, And yet right. you can buy a gun. Yeah, with, you can buy a gun when you're You a can kid. buy the gun, you can buy a gun, like, at, 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 like, like, in the back of someone's car at a car boot sale without any background well, checks. Well, not just that. Have you ever seen, like, some of those American families where, like, they introduce the kids at a young age to guns? Yeah. So you got these, like, little, like, kids that are in primary school just fucking firing off guns. Yeah, it's, it's crazy it's to strange, me. just, like... I mean, maybe that's just me. Training for the military. Maybe that's just because us, we lived in, like, even if we see a gun, I'm just like, fuck, I do not want to go anywhere near that. Oh, well, I'm not really like that, but, like, when I see a gun, I'm just like, thank God, I know that thing is for hunting. That's not a weapon used to stop a burglar or something like that. That's not a weapon that I, that, uh, Oh, needs to be used against any yeah. weirdo on the street. Even like seeing like because I worked at I worked at a Kmart for a, a while, and like even when the armor guard guys come in, like yeah. when they're transporting cash and they're armed as well, yeah. like I fucking freak the fuck out. Because <laughs> just because I just because I know that they're armed, not mm. but apparently that's just commonplace in America. Like, but yeah, a, a back back to this movie. Like we've gone on a couple of tangents here because of the like, political issues, which well shouldn't uh, political the- issues which shouldn't be political issues. Okay. Well, unfortunately, they are in other, other countries. Anyway, now these points are they are they new? Do, do they bring any new points about gun control? Are these like points oh, we've heard before. I think they're really points that we've heard before, but like they're ones that like the the ignorance of the NRA just completely. Well, like the, the NRA, you know, they just, they're they're in love with their guns. It's like the oh, gun. Yeah, like there's a there's an NRA representative in this movie. There's like there's five million of us and we're all armed. So if you try yeah. to take us away from us, guess what? Oh. That's such a dumb thing to say. I know, yeah. I guess. So, yeah, Miss Sloan, I'm annoyed that because, like, as I said, it came out around the time when Trump was elected and when gun control was a very hotly debated topic, even yeah. though it shouldn't be. And, like, and I guess all of the... They're saying that this is just liberal propaganda and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's actually quite a really well-made movie that's really, really, like... Engaging and quite riveting as well. And Jessica Chastain was brilliant in this film. So when it comes out on DVD, because it it was in Australian cinemas for like two seconds. Again, only came out in around March mm. as well. So yeah, definitely watch it. I can I highly recommend it. All right. Um, anything you want to talk about? What else? What other movies have you seen recently? That's that's all that I've seen. What have you seen recently? I don't know shit movies. Like Neil Breen movies, I'm watching oh, my God. friends. Uh, we saw uh, Birdemic as well. Oh, also, crap! A lot of crap movies. We even watched uh, Nothing But Trouble. This- oh, yeah, man. I saw that. That was Why? fucking awful. Why that? Oh no, one friend recommended it, and I was like, oh, this could be kind of interesting. That, that, it's that got- Dan Aykroyd movie. Yeah, it's got all these SNL. Uh, People like in people it. in it Dan Aykroyd wrote and directed that oh, didn't I know he? I'm like what the fuck was he thinking okay, that, made that? <laughs> that movie I've heard it's crazy like it's, I listen it's actually like the most ridiculous insane 
special. Nah, yeah, kidding. it was like I just it's ridiculous. Was Dan Aykroyd off like his Asperger's meds or something like? Oh, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking they was tripping some serious dope to make oh, this stupid movie. It doesn't Definitely. make any sense. It's he was he was probably he, he was probably just um like guzzling down all of his bloody crystal skull vodka. Yeah, you know the crystal skull vodka. That's right. Yeah, you know you yeah. know about that. Don't yeah, you? yeah. He's like his vodka you, label. Yeah, apparently it's really good vodka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no. So, um, what actually happens? Like, uh, my like, I've heard about nothing but trouble. Like, it's part of an urban legend because one of the podcasts I love listening to, um, the Flop House, mm. like they're a bad movie podcast, and basically they said the one movie that they'll never review is Nothing But Trouble because they believe it's the worst movie ever made. It, it probably but is one of the for their for their two hundredth episode they reviewed it. Oh, and <laughs> they, they, were, they, they nearly die. <laughs> yeah, they said this is one of the worst movies. Like, it's it so crap. Like they just. It just starts off as like a dumb, cheesy, yeah. kind of innocent, sort of safe but stupid movie, and then once like once uh, Dean Aykroyd's character is introduced, you're just like, "What the fuck? Welcome to goddamn Dan Aykroyd's fucking wackyville." His fever dream. Yeah, his fever dream, and it's just, and there was even a part where oh, what was really funny was uh, Evan spotted Tupac. Oh um, yeah, because Digital yeah. Underground are singing a song in this. Aren't yeah, they? yeah, they were singing a song, and Tupac was wearing um. Oh, what jersey was he wearing? I forgot. Uh, it was like like an NFL team or like a basketball team. Oh no, it was like wearing like a... um, oh, I was wearing some jersey that he shouldn't be affiliated with. I thought oh. it was like Brooklyn or something. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't remember. But um, ever noticed that? He's like, what? How much money did they pay him to, to wear that? <laughs> uh, oh, it was, it's right. ridiculous. Such a and it was a horror comedy. So like, Wait, kind of what? Had, yeah. That's the genre. If you Google search, it's like horror comedy. I'm like, yeah, I'm, oh, gonna, I'm gonna look quickly like, look this up. Oh, well, keep talking. Well, my finger swipe. That's my oh, okay. Brain. Open that up. But, <laughs> so it just it just seems yeah, so I was like, bizarre. I was like, what the heck? This isn't like. There's no really. There's not really any horror in it. It's just stupid. I mean, the closest thing would might be. Oh, it's so weird. How the guy executes people? They fall down a fucking like shoot, and they end up in this roller coaster machine. And, and this roller this roller coaster just sends them to this machine that removes their bones. It's fucking stupid. And his grandkids are these mutant children. And oh, and what's so stupid is you, you think there's gonna be some B plot where what's his name? Uh, oh, fuck John Candy, who uh, plays like a son. You think like he's he he lets these uh, two Brazilian people off, like um, a brother and sister pair. Um, Goku, while they escape, lets them off. You think that he's gonna like save the rest of the people that are trapped in this in fucking yeah. wacky Looneyville, but no. Instead, you see John Candy playing like Dan Aykroyd's daughter. First, he's playing the son. Now he's playing like the daughter, and the oh daughter's my, like this what fucking weird oh, suit woman woman with super strength, and she's like a dominatrix. Oh my god, it's like, like terrible. And what's so funny is okay. it makes this joke like. Haha, ha, this is so funny. Dan Aykroyd either has to get raped or killed. <laughs> That's By joke. himself. He, no, he either has to choose um, this forceful, sexual, um, probably rapey relationship with uh, John Candy as Dan Aykroyd's daughter, or he has to get, oh or he has to be executed by the bone-removing machine. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, um, can I just read out the plot synopsis right. of, on Wikipedia for Nothing But Trouble? Eight percent. 8% of Rotten Tomatoes and made... Only four, eight and a half million dollars of a forty million dollar budget. <laughs> That's a flop. Must have been a passion project for fucking oh. Dan Aykroyd. 
fucking bankers. Oh my god. They, They're they, the devil. They attempt to escape, but due to a series of mishaps, Chris and Diane are overtaken by Alvin's mute granddaughter, Eldona, also played by John Candy. Yeah! So it's she's mute. Yeah, she's mute. She doesn't say a word. She just so, manhandles everyone. So it's a giant fat John Candy. Yeah, like, giant fat I'm guessing John just Candy. in a dress and like yeah, pigtails and stilts or something. He looks taller as the woman. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what? Meanwhile, being chased by Dennis's trigger-happy oh. cousin, Miss Perda. And, and guess what? I recently watched Doctor, either Doctor Moreau as well, and uh, the Val Kilmer version, or yeah, Val Kilmer, yeah, the shit one. And Have you seen the documentary Lost Souls? How they no, talk about the failure of that production? God, oh, I watched that. Fucking terrible too. But the funny thing is that um, there's a scene where they're about to get married, and and uh, the female John Candy or. Dan Aykroyd's daughter looks just like uh, Marlon Brando's uh, like character in like um, uh, that like, film. Oh he looks God. like a albino wearing a wedding dress. <laughs> this is chubby albinos. All right, <laughs> with these like little taser machines. All right, the, the two Brazilianaires. That's so stupid. <laughs> escape by cutting a deal with Dennis, who decides to escape with them. The judge is angered by their actions and imprisons Chris and Diane in a room from which the pair eventually escapes, again with the help of Dennis, and getting lost through the hidden hallways and slides, becoming separated. Diane makes it out of the house in, and into the property's salvage yard. Here she meets two troll-like creatures by the name of Bobo and Little the Bull. Yep, those are the mutant grandkids. The, the judge's severely deformed grandchildren... Earning the friendship, the creature's friendship, Diane catches glimpses of Eldona destroying Chris's BMW. <laughs> what the hell? Like, how much acid did he take before writing uh, this? I don't know. Like, like it's just like people like, watch. Was people this, and ancient aliens always seem high? Was it's this like, 1991? Did Dan mm. Aykroyd still have Yes Men at this point? Where they were like, perfect, this is going to be great. Oh, I don't, don't know. Oh my. Gosh, this just sounds so I'm stupid. Su- I'm surprised that this was ever made. I know. In how the hell did this fucking stupid? Yeah, here we go. Meanwhile, Chris sneaks into the judge's personal headquarters, but is quickly caught. Val- and yet again, remember how we were talking about like targeted audience, like for a cure for wellness. Who the fuck wants I to don't watch know. this? Movie? Who is this for? Like, is this for like brain dead people or something? I, I don't know. Like, for- or is this for like people like the food for people who have Dan Aykroyd? Alien hunters. For lobotomized people. Yeah. For lobotomized people. Valkenheiser punishes punishes him according to house policy, which decrees that Chris must marry Eldona. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the High Court, the alternative rap group Digital Underground is being held on the charges of speeding, but the judge releases them after being charged by their impromptu performances of one of the group's hits. Oh, yeah, it's really what? weird. He just joins in. Yeah, because they... You're just like, oh, you are you musicians? They start playing a song. Oh it's like God. it's like really stupid. It's just like in there just to market the movie or something. Pointless scene. So and he starts st- playing the fucking piano. All these girls are dancing with this ugly, schlubby man. I was like, what? This sounds. He also asks them to stay as witnesses for the wedding, <laughs> which Chris <laughs> reluctantly goes through with it's an like exchange. Like a wedding, yeah. With an exchange for his life, but his later is caught pleading for the band to help him escape. <laughs> Tupac, I need your help. Get me out of here, dog. Get me out, Tupac. Plot the Uzi, man. Get me out of here, dog. Uh, let's see. The band leaves without understanding him, and Alvin sentences Chris to die in Mr. Bone Stripper. Mm-hmm. The machine breaks down the instant Chris before Chris oh, is fed into it, and he escapes. 
The judge nearly kills Diane with another claw contraption, but he, but oh, yeah. Chris retrieves her in He's the last second. He's such a cartoonish sec- villain. When he catches the girl, he has to set up this stupid trap that just drops these like, uh, like bulldozer um, shovels on her. To, like cut her into three pieces. What? I don't know why he bothered with that. He could just fucking shoot her in the head or something. But this is just, just the wackiest, retarded, stupid movie. Oh my god! I'm just, just imagining. Ridiculous. Maybe like I can imagine if like Wes Anderson. Like imagine if he like remade this. Oh, this would be like so weird. It would be. <laughs> this sounds firstly, like... it would be completely different. Secondly, it probably wouldn't be crap. <laughs> I kind of want to see this now, though. This just sounds so oh, bizarre. Did you watch Do- so... Island of Doctor um, Moreau? No, but I did. I did see Lost Souls, which is the yeah. documentary about how much Island of a failure Dr. that movie terrible. was. Terrible. Um, this this is probably worse. Oh my god! After the two report their plight to the authorities, the judge's courthouse is raided by local and state police. Chris and Diane are asked to accompany the officers to the site, only to find oh, that the officers honestly, are... Honestly, there's literally no redeeming factors in this movie. It sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, only to find that the officers are involved and are fully aware and of, of and in league with the judge. The couple escapes when the area's underground coal fire causes a collapse, destroying the town. Mm. The Brazilianaires are shown to have made their way back to South America. Dennis is now, is, is now their personal head of security and Ronaldo's lover. Yeah. That, was that John Candy years? No? Yeah, I think so. Oh my god. Chris and Diane are shown relaxing in New York. Chris's relief does not last, however, as he stumbles onto a televised news segment covering the ruined hand of Vulcanvania, in which Vulcanhauer brandish it, up brandish, brandishing Chris's driver's license announces that he and his family plan to move with his new grandson-in-law in New York, saying, See you soon, banker. Chris runs away panicking while a cartoon-style impression of himself through a wall. While making a cartoon-style impression of himself going through a wall. And that is nothing but trouble. Probably the worst mo- One of the worst movies ever made, do you think? one of the worst movies ever made. Is, is that like a dun-dun-da ending? It's just it like seems a dun, like dun, it. <laughs> oh, that sounds, that sounds horrible. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is horrible. See, now... I love Dr. Romero. Also, another like, absolutely terrible film. Like, it's just... I don't know. Lots of things are off with that movie. It's totally retarded. It's just... I don't know. The look is really weird. Um, a lot of... The story is just... It, it progressively gets shitter and more stupid. Um, the ending's just retarded. Except the only redeeming factor is Val Kilmer because his character's just... He's like so sarcastic and he's over the top and he's just ridiculous. It's like he, he knows that he's in this like movie that's gonna do terrible. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, just fucking, that's... I know, I'm just gonna play it like however and he's just he's like the only character that you want to see because he just does stupid stuff. Like like there's a point in the film where he's just like, Oh, the, the island is an is an, in, in, in uh, it's in anarchy and um Doctor Moreau's dead, so he's just like, Oh, I'm gonna go to this uh, animal nightclub and I'm going to throw a party with the all the animals. I think they make reference to him banging the fucking animals. Oh my god. Well, actually, in on the set, because a lot of those actors, like, because the hurricane destroyed the set. Oh god. The, yeah, and because they were just standing around because it was torrential rain and like they all, all the actors, because they were like in that really remote location, so all the actors mm. were kind of staying together. And apparently there was just orgies and shit like every night between like a lot of the actors that were on that set. <laughs> what? It was 
Oh my god! It's like watch watch Lost Souls, which is like I can't Wait, remember. The... Were they trying to do all those orgies just to get into character? Or... I don't know. Or they were just like, oh, what's a good way to pass the time? There are a lot of us. Let's have a gorgy. <laughs> I don't know. It was just here. Yeah, I'm looking it up online. So what's it called? I'm trying to find what the film's actually called. So the documentary is called Lost Soul: The Doom Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau. It's on Netflix in the documentary section if you can find it. It is fascinating to watch just of how, just like how much of a train wreck is that it, movie is it, is was. It's interesting, like watching um, like, Hearts of Darkness. I guess so. It's but yeah, I guess so. Hearts Darkness. And I like, guess it's also kind of like that documentary best worst best mo- best worst movie, the, the documentary about Troll Two. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's like that. It's have such you seen a... Troll Two yet? No. Oh, Troll Two is it is. It's just it's it's a movie that's so bad that it's good. There are some really stupid, yet kind of lovable scenes. Like oh, this is everyone's favorite scene where the kids like, oh my god, they're eating her. They're gonna eat me. Oh my oh god. My god. <laughs> but like, what's uh, even better oh. is there's this scene. It's completely pointless. This this woman's like, oh, I have to distract the guy's friends because they might save him. But there's this guy who's been stuck in this fucking div, like this van the whole time because his friends just leave him and they're like, oh, protect the van. So this this witch woman like seduces this guy, but it's like the oh, it's the most fucking cringeworthy Jeez. thing ever. She like they start making out over a cob of corn, and then oh my. and then like you see popcorn shooting out. <laughs> it's like my friends like like to call it the corn sex scene of a. Mm. Oh, Troll 2. Oh, God, it's wow. ridiculous. Okay. It's so funny. So, um, yeah, the documentary about um, Troll 2, it, and it was actually directed by Michael Stevenson, who played Josh in Troll 2. <laughs> and, yeah, so that came out in 2009, and, yeah, it's called yeah. Best Worst Movie. So That's check that good. out That's if you can. That's pretty good to watch, too. All right, yep. So I reckon we might end it there, because um, I think my dad's actually coming over at, like, 3 to do something, so... Mm. We need a head. So uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. And thanks for Eric for coming back on the show again. No, no problems. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Especially oh, always a pleasure to have movies. you on the show. <laughs> like, because this show, like, it's like it's hard to do on my own. Mm. But at least I need, I have to have someone to go, like, back and forth with. Mm. Because, like, it's, it's hard just kind of talking. Because, and also, like, you can kind of, like, work off each other as well. Yeah, like, true. I don't have to keep pausing it and actually have to re-record and delete. It doesn't sound like other things. It's more of a conversation with you, another. Yeah, it, fl- it flows a lot more. That we just proper flow. Yeah, like we've got the like microphone the script or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, we just literally got like a little run sheet that we just yeah, just made. a bunch of dot points of like what we're gonna talk about. <laughs> yeah, but apart from that, like it's fairly like and we've done this all in one takes though. So and apart from me editing this later, which I'll do. Mm. But all right, so uh, want to plug anything, Eric? Like, do you have a Twitter or something that people can follow you on? No, oh, I'm good. You're good? Yeah. You're I'll good? Just, I'll just be known as that other guy. Yep, the other guy, <laughs> the uh, guest star number one. Guest, I'm guest star no, number one. Number one guest host. <laughs> yep, the the spiritual sp- spiritual co-host, Eric Tusha. Spiritual co-host. The, the, the mythical co-host that's going to appear in this every uh, Every, mu- rant, any every month episode. or so, whenever yeah. we can. Yeah, but no, this is great. Thanks for coming on, Eric. And um, so I've got a couple of plugs here. So as I mentioned last episode, um, this year I am now on a couple of radio shows on Swinburne Student Radio 3SSR. So on Mondays, I am going to be at 11 o'clock. I am, no, not at 12 o'clock, sorry. I am on Lockie Beasley's show Movie Fury, which is very similar to um, Screen Junkies Movie Fights. 
which, well, it's basically a rip-off of Screen Junkies movie fights where we basically just have arguments about... I guess you call it an adaptation. Yeah. It's a different it's a, it's a gritty reboot of movie <laughs> fights. So, yeah, we do that. That goes for an hour from 12 to 1 on Mondays. And also, I am also on 3SSR's movie show, which is hosted by Ricky Needs. I am going to be a co-host on that um, uh, once every once in a while. I am next on, I think, on April... No, sorry, uh, either April 31st or May 1st. Or April 30th, sorry, there's no 31st in April. <laughs> Whichever the Monday of like the first week of May is, where I'm going to be talking Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I cannot wait for oh, that. Yeah. That is going to be I fantastic. Like, I like the first one. That was a really fun movie. That's so going to be. They, um, James Gunn nails it again. Yep. The second one. So that is on 3SSR at 3pm uh, to 4pm on Mondays. Uh, if you want to, for, to listen live, I'm not quite sure what the link is for that, but. Um, it should be 3ssr.org and go into radio and hit the listen live button. Uh, that should be good. And also, like, uh, please subscribe to the podcast. It's all, I'm, I'm loving, I'm really enjoying doing this. So, podcast, you can yeah, follow. Fo- real fun. Yep, so follow us on SoundCloud if you listen to us on SoundCloud. If you're fo- listening on iTunes, please subscribe and uh, give it a like or a like on SoundCloud. If you're listening to it on uh, iTunes, uh, give it ra- give us a five-star review. Give us a really good rating. Uh, it'll ma- it may get me up the rankings. I'm not quite sure. But um, also, um, like our Facebook page, Another Bloody Movie Podcast. Like, um, follow our Instagram page, at Another Bloody Movie Pod. Uh, you can also uh, follow my Instagram account, which is at SeanHub underscore. <laughs> so that is S-E-A-N-H-U-B underscore. And that's... That would have made for the best Year 12 jumper name, really. Oh, they didn't let me have it. I know. Uh, What what did you get on your Year 12 jumper? Oh, I didn't get one. Couldn't be bothered. Oh, Oh, okay. Alright, so thank you again to... I was about to say Paul Walker because there's a scene... (laughs) There is literally... (laughs) Oh, God. There is a photo of Paul Walker on my laptop for some random reason. And I was about to say thanks for Paul Walker for being on my show. (laughs) Coming to you from the grave. from the grave. (laughs) Post-Morton. Oh uh, yeah, we do have a Ouija. I should I should explain. We do have a Ouija board here, so I've just been talking to Paul Walker throughout the entire. Show. I, mean, I mean, we have been drinking a, a, still a wee bit of um, Dan Aykroyd's uh, Skull Vodka. And Chris, yeah, we, we're, we're really drunk off um, Crystal Skull Vodka at the moment too. So yeah, no. So thanks very much to Eric Tisha no for problem. joining me on the show. And... You no, know well, that would have been like the greatest thing that they could use to advertise like the Crystal Skull movie. It's just like Dan Aykroyd Skull Vodka. It's like the. It, you know, right. the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Yeah. So, just again for the radio shows, I've got the website up now. So, if you want to listen to that, so Movie Fury is on Mondays from 12 to 1, and 3SSR Movie Show is on Mondays as well from 3 to 4. And to listen live, you just head to 3SSR.org forward slash radio and hit the listen live button. All right. Thanks for, thanks for joining me, Eric Tisha, and thanks everyone for listening. I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs>